Hello, this is Will here from Track by Track. Uh, just a quick heads up ahead of the start of the episode proper. Uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances, uh, I know we talked a lot, very excitedly at the end of the last episode, about featuring a brand new album, uh, which would have been uh, from the Two Door Cinema Club, but due to uh, just some timings with recording and editing and the availability of uh, preview tracks, we weren't able to get to. Uh, instead, today we are still going to be talking about the Two Door Cinema Club, but their previous album, Game Show, which is excellent in itself. Uh, and still building excitement up for Glastory, which is just uh, in the next day or two now. So let's get stuck into the episode proper. Enjoy. Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast. With me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and... Me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Game Show by Two Door Cinema Club. Uh, Two Door Cinema Club are our final act that we are uh, covering on our road to Glastonbury. Um, sort of brace of episodes going through over the last few weeks. We're at the end of the road because uh, the gates to Worthy Farm open tomorrow morning. And Dan, will you be there at 9am Wednesday morning, tomorrow morning? I can't promise 9am because I'm not the the best person in the morning. But oh, I will be there. Absolute beast I'm, first thing in the morning. Uh, yeah, I'm um, until you, a vicious pig. Until you've had a coffee and a Kit Kat. At Chunky. Yes. Um, but I will be there tomorrow. You, of course, uh, like to turn up fashionably late to these things and will be arriving on Thursday. Yes, so just when everybody's got uh, horrendously hungover and sunburnt, um, uh, I arrive as this kind of second wind. Fresh-faced. Bushy-tailed uh, and ready to go. With a um, hopper, skip and a jump. It's funny, isn't it, with Glastonbury? It's because you, you do get your second wind on the second day, but then you seem to somehow muster up a third wind and a fourth wind as well. But for me, as a, a Wednesday goer, that fifth wind is the most difficult to muster up. But, but that will be for the Sunday, which is when we went two years ago, when it was last on, was the best afternoon slash evening. Amazing, was it? The weekend. Barry Gibb and then Sheik, uh, which was fantastic. And then I have to say. Sunday this year is shaping up to be uh, similar as well. Even better, arguably. We've... I might even hold some energy back for Sunday. Oh, you haven't got that much anymore to, <laughs> to hold back. <laughs> so so I'm going to arrive on Sunday morning. <laughs> anyway, so the Two Door Cinema Club. Uh, not only uh, an act we're both looking forward to seeing at Glastonbury, uh, but an act we're both fans of. Yeah, both big fans of and... Talking about them, we've left them to last because they've just released their fourth studio album a few days ago on Friday. What do you think of it? I, I absolutely love it. What do you think? Uh, it's stunning. Any favourites apart from the three singles that we've already heard? <laughs> <laughs> no, my favourite tracks are the three singles that oh, they've released. Actually. Mine too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to listening to the other album tracks more than I already have already. right now on this yeah. very uh, Tuesday, the 25th of June. So, Two Door Cinema Club, uh, Northern Irish uh, band uh, from Bangor. So, they have been together for 12 years now. You've got Alex Trimble, lead vocalist. 
Um, does a bit of everything, everything else as well. Sam Halliday, guitars, backing vocals, and Kevin Baird, bass, synths, and vocals as well. I really thought you were going to do Kevin's name in the accent. Not his surname particularly. Extremely bad taste. I'm sorry about that. So, Game Show, uh, which is the album that we're going to be talking about today, was the band's third album. And it was released um, back in uh, October 2016. So the link we're going with today for the reason why we're talking about it today is just because they're going to be at Glastonbury. Yes, exactly. At the yeah. weekend. Yeah, and we don't it doesn't need to have an anniversary or something, does it? Every bloody time. What was your What were your first impressions of the Two Door Cinema Club? Uh, I'd just like to correct you because it's the second time you've put a the in front of their name, and uh, there shouldn't be one there. So, but Two Door Cinema Club. Um, I remember What You Know uh, being the first track of theirs that I heard and loved instantly. Um, weirdly, one of my earliest memories is when they remixed a Tulip song way back 10 years ago. Uh, I think it was Salt Air. Um, and then one of those bands for me that's always just kind of been bubbling in the background. I've liked bits and bobs, but I think it's your excitement for this new album that's just been released that's made me realise actually how much I do love them. Uh, I've seen them live a few times as well and they always put on a wonderful show. I've been ridiculously excited for this new album. I think I'd always enjoyed them, but it for me, and it's not to say everyone will feel the same way, but for me, they've raised their game up to something I really, really like. Some people may see that as becoming more mainstream, becoming a little bit more um, synth-heavy, mm. uh, rather That's than... synth some weight. <laughs> she's been down... Um, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, and that's so, fine. And that's fine. But other people might think that they've moved around, moved away from a more organic sound to that. But for me, I like that, and that's what's excited me about this this album, which we'll talk about game show. But I feel like they've just it's an evil a continued evolution for them. Yeah, definitely agree. So game show is the album we're going to be talking about from them today, released in 2016. Uh, it's a shorty. Mm, ten, ten songs. Tracks. Um, Tradition. Yeah, very traditional. We like that. Uh, but suffice to say, we've got some further listening to talk about as well uh, when we get there. This was recorded in Los Angeles. Oh, lovely. So from Bangor to Los Angeles. They had lots of uh, Factor 50 on. Oh, yeah, you've got to out there. Mm. Not that I've not been out there, but I imagine you have to. Yet. You are uh, quite the traveller, aren't you? I do enjoy trotting around the globe. You've been more places than Judith Chalmers. <laughs> That's a reference for some of our old listeners. <laughs> so, should we get stuck in? Yes, let's do it. Uh, so, side one, track one is... Are, Are we... we ready? Wreck. Are we ready? Dan, were you ready? Uh, I was not ready. That is... Um, it's a fantastic opener, isn't it? I think, for me, the first album had that more sort of indie... It was always it was always upbeat and dancing, but it was more of that indie guitar thing. And I remember Two Door Cinema Club and Bombay Bicycle Club kind of came around at the same time. So it was, it was all about the clubs. Do you know what? When I first heard of Bombay Bicycle Club, 
I could I just stop I couldn't stop calling them um, Bombay Bicycle Mix. Oh, or terrible. That'd be a fantastic um, tribute act, wouldn't it? Perhaps we can put that together later. Maybe. Um, but um, yeah, love that first sound. Then I think it like gradually changed. Sorry, listeners, if you can hear a buzzing, we've got a, a fly in the studio and it just will not leave. Um, persistent little beggar, isn't he? Mm. I think the second album, Beacon, kind of just was a nice gradual shift. But I think this, they've gone almost have skipped two gears um, for this one. And I think it just really does pave the way for a different sound. That quiet intro almost sounds like it's going to go into a rap song. Um, but in fact, it's just a very... It was a real surge of energy, isn't it? It just really opens the album in style. This was the lead single from the album as well. And I love what happens. About a minute in, it just it starts off high and then it just kicks up a gear even further. Yeah. Uh, and they really set their stall out for kind of what's to come on the rest of the album, I think, because the energy is quite relentless in this album. This um, was uh, apparently influenced or inspired by Prince and David Bowie. Yes, and I think that, that influence is kind of peppered throughout the album, isn't it? They wanted that blend of sort of approachable pop music, but that kind of twist of avant-garde kind of sound. And sprinkled, particularly more prevalent towards the end, some some Cynthia sounds. Oh, is she here? She's always here. With a bag of donuts. She's always with us, quietly <laughs> noshing in the corner. <laughs> so, Dan, should we move on? Yes, Track number two now to something you're always talking to me about on a Sunday morning. Uh, bad decisions. Bad decisions there, and a couple of points of interest for me in that track. Mm-hmm. First of all, lovely outro. Yes. That kind of lo-fi, bassy outro is yeah. lovely. Just meanders out the room, doesn't Unlikely it? Unlikely to be the 30 seconds that we choose to put in. <laughs> so um, do listen to the album do listen to Do listen to the full album afterwards. Uh, and the second thing is, I... Um, and, when I started hearing this, the new album and listening to this album in preparation, I remembered how good a lyricist the band yes. lyricist the band are. And I don't know, it's just very relatable, isn't it? Like the start of this is "Save Me." I've been drinking wine and I just made a big mistake. Happens all the time. "Slay Me," come out from the dark, sold my soul to television. Different kind of art. I mean, the first part about the drinking wine and the mistake. If I had a pound for every time you text me something very similar to that. I'd be a rich man. Yeah, I completely agree. Lyrically. Lyrically. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I love that. It's so relatable. And just the actual, the whole sound of the song, I think it is, it's like the lead song. It's a surge of energy. They're just kind of taking it down a notch, I think, here. That was kind of the, the sucker punch for the beginning of the album. I'd love to hear you say that, actually. Sucker punch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's quite funky, this track, isn't it? Yeah. Their most funky sound yet, I'd say. And this was a single. This was the second single. And it did... It did get released as a single. <laughs> in July 2016. That's all you're going to... 
That's all, all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> track number three now. This is Ordinary. Uh, it's got a killer chorus that song yeah very I'm thinking 1980s neon pink sort of uh, open top car palm trees warm air are you you there with me well it's funny because we were just talking about uh, Black Mirror and that episode San Junipero whatever it's called (laughs) San San Junipero yeah I don't know what it's called. But But again, palm trees, 80s. Beach. Beach. It was one of my favourite episodes of that series because I've just been, well, recently enjoying some of the new season. Yeah, and hopefully they'll bring back... There's only three episodes on that one, wasn't there? Mm. We need more. But Uh, back to Tudor. Yes, uh, there's a good remix of this, actually, on the deluxe version of the album. So the Sam Holiday remix. But of this version, uh, lyrically... Lyrically. I love, again, how... It's talking about drinking. There's a line you said, "You're drunk." I said, "I know." It sounds like you and I after the after the <laughs> after the recording stops. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. I think the eighties. There's an eighties sheen. Like we talked about Bowie and Prince, and I think I don't know if we actually said before, but it's more the eighties versions of Bowie and Prince that this is kind of harking back to. And I think this is the song that really is so far anyway that is really stuck in the eighties, and oh. not in a bad way. Dan, it's like you've read the editor's notes of uh, Apple Music for this album. Really? I actually haven't. <laughs> it's a two-door cinema club embracing sounds and textures of the late 70s and the early 80s with striking results. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that it begins with a very stripped-back verse and it's just the beat and then just real gentle synth um, kind of guiding it along and then it goes into that, that chorus again with uh, the just visions of almost Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I think I've referenced before. You have, yes. Uh, track number four now, this is Game Show. Game show, and before we even get into the song, Will, I'd love to know what is your favourite game show of all time? Uh, the Crystal Maze. Really? Yeah, or Funhouse. Funhouse was good, wasn't it, with those lovely twins? Oh, lovely ladies. And Pat Sharp, of course. I always wanted to go on that go kart at the end, and of course, into the Funhouse. You do realise they were they were basically driving around a ten foot square. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and going about five miles per hour. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but more than Funhouse, I would have liked to have gone on Finders Keepers. Or what about Supermarket Sweep? No, I'd prefer to do my shopping online, to be honest. It's gone wild in the aisles. <laughs> uh, next time you're at the supermarket and you hear the beep, think of the fun you could be having at Supermarket Sweep. Dale Winton, obviously no longer with us, much missed. Mm. 
Such a lovely man. He also did a lot of the um, lottery shows. Hole in the Wall. Who can forget that? Bring on the wall! <laughs> but this song, Will, what, what are your thoughts on this song? It's probably the hardest guitarist, guitariest, if that's a word. It is now. Um, driven song. Uh, but again, the chorus is fantastic. It is. And I completely agree. It's like you read my notes. Um, I think the guitar, it's... This guitar's been present throughout, but this time it's almost squealing, isn't it? Mm. Like a pig. Well, it is squealing at the end. Mm. Um, which is nice, because I like the idea that they've, they're have really working on this new sound. It's much more, again, as we said, 80s, poppier maybe. But I like that they don't forget the older sounds as well. It's all, it's all part of the mix. Um, and I, I keep saying, uh, lyrically, this episode... I'm not doing it again. No? You've used up your allowance for this episode. Well, thank God, actually. <laughs> um, and this one is, the lyrics, are, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they were high on a, a game show binge. It's all over the place. Uh, lyrics about, I'm a lynching dream, I'm made of plasticine, I'm a Pinocchio, broken nose, let me go. Uh, in fact, the whole thing reads like some bizarre poem, and I really, really like it. Uh, track number five now. Uh, and we're off out into the herb garden now. And this is, uh, you've got the some lining in your drawers that smell of this, haven't you? <laughs> and lovely hand soap in the, on the guest bedroom basin. <laughs> this is Lavender. <laughs> So, Lavender there, another very guitar-heavy track. But acoustic guitar, if I'm mm. not mistaken. And it's acoustic guitar that's working very well with the beat. Really, and this is going to really turn your stomach, actually, me saying this, but it gave me a just a hint of a, a, sort, of an, a, a sort of beat that Ed Sheeran might use. Oh. I'm sorry to say that, because it's... it's... I'm so sorry, listeners. We always try and keep this podcast... Uh, an Ed Sheeran free zone. But it's not to say the entire song sounds like an Ed Sheeran song, but that guitar and the beat together. I, I, can, I can, joking aside, mm. uh, I can see what you mean. Right. Um, but it's it's a great track. It is a great midpoint in the album track. Yes, track five and therefore the end of uh, side A of the vinyl, I'd assume. Or the cassette. Let's flip things over uh, and go over to track six now. And uh, this is Fever. Fever. A lovely opener for, as we said before, this is the start of side B of the album. And I think that is a very atmospheric opening, isn't there? And just pushing further those 80s sensibilities and inspiration. And I think it's a good time to talk about the producer of this album is Jackknife Lee. And he's done some work with U2. So maybe, um, well, what I'm trying to say is that 
this song actually just remind me of 80s U2 and I'm thinking uh, The Unforgettable Fire and how that's got a very dramatic, um, quite atmospheric opening itself. Not that Jackknife Lee did work on that era of the band, but you know, you get my gist. I'm just looking through his body of work and I can't, I'm still scrolling through the list of people that he's worked with. He's worked with everyone and the grandmother. Well, he's worked with, you know, from Block Party, Snow Patrol, The Killers, through to R.E.M., Crystal Castles, um, Billy Clyro, Snow Patrol, uh, One Direction, I just spotted, actually. Really? As well, yeah. I didn't know he worked with them. But I think it's a great song. It's nice. It's 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 not as upbeat as those first few openers. Um, it's, but it's not quite stripped-back ballad territory, is it? It's just something atmospheric and quite swirling... Some lovely textures in there. Some lovely textures in there. And Jack Lovely is uh, no surprise if he's worked with you two as well as Two and Marker because he is of Irish descent as well. Am I mistaken in thinking he's worked with Snow Patrol? Yes, he has. Oh, I know my stuff. <laughs> and I haven't got his uh, discography open, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I think they're going to have to take your word for that. Well, and and I will do too because we're sat opposite each other, so I can't see what's on your screen. Could be all sorts of things going on on your screen at the moment. We well, uh, simply uh, some note taking, uh, but we do have a very um, who wants to be a millionaire set up, don't we? Just to let the listeners in. Yes, yeah, so I like to think I'm the Chris Tarrant of the of the piece. I think, um, I think you're more of a Jeremy Clarkson, really. Oh no. Yeah. So on to track number seven now, and this is Invincible. Fantastic times to talk about the fantastic album artwork. How did I know? And again, not by any means a dud, but just for me, for this album, my least favourite moment in the album. And that's not a not giving the lads a disservice there because I do enjoy the whole album. But um, let's talk about it. So it's I really love this album cover. Mm. It's neon, three neon lights hung up. I think I can see a, a wire on the top there. You've got a sort of purple or pink or dragon fruit, if you're talking in terms of uh, <laughs> seasonal colours. Uh, blue and like an aqua colour with a kind of metallic background highlighted by those lights as well. Very simple, I guess, depicting the fact this is their third album. Yes. And again, another album cover that I like because it doesn't say the band or the name of the album on it. But now if you see it, you know full well what it is. I wonder if, as well if it's meant to symbolise um, the sort of neon lights you would get in a game show. Yes, or and even the kind of the, again, the 80s theme as well. Exactly, yeah. Or, or the three boys in the band. So many hidden messages. Maybe they each got to choose a colour. What it does make me think of, actually, is a, an art project in primary school and having that sort of uh, coloured cling filmy kind of paper. Oh that dear. And, well, not to, no disservice. It brought back some wonderful memories, actually. Yes. Well, th- what do you think of the track, though? The track um, is a lovely um, ballad. <laughs> 
For me, we talked about Snow Patrol before, and and I know they are pals, and actually they're playing um, one after the other at the other stage at Glastonbury this year. It makes me think of the elements of it that remind me of a a Snow Patrol song. I hadn't clocked that Snow Patrol were performing, actually, because uh, I'm not a fan. (laughs) You ignored those messages. Just completely filtered out of my my vision. Is there anything of theirs you like? Uh, Chasing Cars. Not chasing cars. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not chasing cars that I like. I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, come back to me. Maybe not on tape, but I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, so track number eight now, Dan. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Will. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> uh, that was... Uh, I love the bit of synth that comes in there, the chorus. Lovely. Our, our friend Cynthia sounds back. She's finished her donuts and now she's trying to make friends with the band. <laughs> That's the kind of girl Cynthia is. And if you are wondering what Cynthia looks like, do check back on our Instagram at Move to Trash UK. Um, there's a wonderful picture of um, Will and I recording... Uh, and a couple of our friends there as well. An artist impression. Yes. Which is bang on the money, actually. Very true to life. It's like a crime watch <laughs> e-fit. Um, yeah, it's very bass-heavy as well, this one, isn't it? I think it picks it up a gear after a minute, but it's not quite... Um, I am wondering how this album is going to end. Are we going to pick it up again? Is it going to crescendo and uh, mirror the first two tracks? Or is Cynthia's good friend Peter uh, going to join us as the album... Uh, Peter's out. Uh, Peter's out. Uh, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Oh. Just wishful thinking. Not wishful thinking. Positive thinking. Positive thinking. But also because obviously I've listened to the album before today. So I know how it's going to end. This is my first time. It's not. So on to track nine now. This is Surgery. Something almost a bit kind of daft punk, Nile Rogers inspired. Not inspired, but or just similar similarity yeah. there. The the vocoded vocals, mm. the sort of repetitiveness of the rhythm, the beats. Yeah, it's a great song. I think it is the I don't want to say standout in terms of it's my favourite, but it stands out as a very uh, unique song on the album. I think they're very good songwriters and content creators in the way that just they're very good at crafting and building a great pop song because the chorus the number of times I've said in this episode great chorus and I love the way the song ends um, I would say the same thing again there absolutely when you say content creators you make me think they're writing for BuzzFeed (laughs) aggregating some content (laughs) yeah I completely agree I really really enjoy this song and it's not. I heard this album when it came out. I didn't listen to it for a little while. Um, I kind of forgot about it, but it's it's great because it's not one of their big 
um, like are we readies or bad decisions or what you knows or sons or anything like that. But it's a fantastic piece of uh, musical art. Uh, and just a word on this album's performance and mm. reception. Uh, so this album got to number five in the UK album chart. Very good. A top five album. Top five album. Uh, and just using my uh, analytical skills, an average review score for this album would probably come out around four, three and a half. Oh. Maybe four, maybe closer to four out of five. Let's go four, yeah. Let's go four. But Enemy gave it four out of five. Oh, and they're normally bang on the money there, aren't they, for a, a free music rag. Or one that was. Rest in peace. Mm. Uh, so we're on to the last track of the album. We haven't heard your French for a while, Will. Is there any chance we might be able to hear the, <coughs> the accent now? So track 10, Je viens de la... Falsetto. Yes, we've, we've not talked about the falsetto all night, have we? It's a, it's uh, incredible how he does it. I mean, just yeah, the vocal overall is fantastic, but when he hits those high notes, I'm, I'm in awe. I mean, the last time I hit a high note like that was when Cook ran over my foot with the tea trolley. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely incredible. Also, my favourite track on the album is. It really. And how many times over the last nine months I've I've actually said that the last track on the album is my favourite track. Uh, Has it ever happened? I don't don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it has. It's wonderful that it's left to the end. I I love the energy in that. I love the French, by the way, means I come from the... Dot, dot, dot. Come from the what? That's what it means. I come from the something. It's a great song. It's not my favourite, actually. I think if, if... Push came to shove and I had to choose. My favourite would probably be, uh, it's a little bit obvious, but it probably would be Are We Ready? Or mm. Bad Decisions, one of those two. Uh, you know, from the very start of the album. Yeah, and they, they were picked for as the lead singles, uh, lead couple of singles for a reason. Um, but this, I find it's almost like a mirror image of one of those songs. Uh, certainly, maybe more so Are We Ready in that it's the rhythm uh, and the energy there is the same, but it's almost like a... A ripple effect. It's just a slightly, slightly watered down version of it. And must mention the Bee Gees because that song does remind me of the Bee Gees. Oh, can you do an impression of the Bee Gees? No. Off the record. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So that was the last track on the album. But further listening. He's not sticking with your further listening uh, chant that began quite a few weeks ago now, actually. Never really the listening. the yes. listening. The jingle. So what we're going to talk about for further listening today, um, to look forward. Yes. And uh, some further listening from the new album. Yes. So False Alarm came out on Friday, so we still don't know... We don't know how it charted, we don't know how it's been received. Suffice to say, we're big fans of the album, aren't we? Yes, and Dan, I'd love it if you'd let me start first. Uh, Go on then. So I am going to go with the first single that came off this album. So our first taste of new two-door cinema club club content. Not the two-door cinema club. No. No. Um, I have to choose Talk. Talk. 
Wonderful indeed. So that was Talk, the first track to come from the new album False Alarm. Uh, what's not to like there? I love how the sound is an evolution from what we've just listened to on Game Show. Uh, it's even tighter and bouncier. And shinier. And shinier and insanely catchy, I have to say. Uh, also, have you seen the video? Do you know, I haven't seen the video. What The video is super fun, highly stylized, and just really, really good as well. I will, I will give that a watch, I promise. And it's got a wonderful last 45 seconds. Yes. Love a nice outro. Love a nice climax. Oh, yeah, it's a great song. And I just remember the excitement between you and I of that first song coming out. I know it sounds like they're a little bit more... Not to say that we wanted them to be a bit more poppy, shiny, whatever, but... Um, with that and and the singles that came with this album, we were sort of more and more excited with each one, weren't we? Uh, they do look in the video very groomed, very styled. Um, but for me, great. Not that not there's anything wrong with what they've done before. It's all all great. But I love kind of this whole art direction. That's the phrase of this new album campaign. Art direction. Art direction. And you know, a, a band like Two Door Cinema Club now you know, a very well-established band. They're not doing this because they're selling out. They're doing this because they want to do this. So that's, let's be very clear about that. Because they're selling in. Well, yes. Dan, what have you gone for? So it's another one of the singles that was released ahead of the <laughs> album. I could have chosen from the other seven album tracks uh, that we've been enjoying since Friday. But no, I've gone for one of the singles. So this was, um, I'm skipping past Satellite, and this was released back in May and this is Dirty Air. you said something earlier but if you had given me a pound every time I'd said Duran Duran during this podcast yes oh no it, wait if I'd given you <laughs> you have to give me a pound every time you say Duran Duran and you'd be a rich man I'd have 44 pounds exactly um, but the, this song as soon as I heard it was not just Duran Duran so two of my favourite bands ever are Duran Duran and U2 and U2 actually are a band that we've barely touched on this podcast and you know they're not on the long list right now because I get the feeling it's not one of your favourite bands um, you'd be surprised oh yes well look forward to that um, but for me with this song Two Door Cinema Club uh, with the help of Jackknife Lee again have found the missing link between U2 and Duran Duran because this song has the real rhythm of a Duran Duran song which they were influenced by bands like Chic and Roxy Music so they're the real sort of funk to their new romantic sound, but it's also got the sort of stadium-filling chorus that you'd find from a U2 song like Vertigo or Elevation or something like that. Um, so I'm, I'm in love with the song. It's very tightly compact, um, and that's fine by me. Uh, with a bit of Franz Ferdinand thrown in, just for good measure, I think, as well. Yes, and I think, likewise, Franz Ferdinand, they've, I think they've been quite vocal in saying that Duran Duran were an influence, and back in the day when... Um, when they came out, Q was saying that they had hints of the kind of early demo stages of a Duran Duran sound, but also, of course, they became more of a U2 style uh, popular rock outfit. So we're out of time. 
Such a shame. So that was a lovely trot through uh, game show by Two Door Cinema Club. Uh, just at the end of our long road to Glastonbury. Um, and I think now we best go and finish our packing. Yes. Have you got your wet wipes? Got my wet wipes, um, although I'm going to be having a shower. Uh, so no, we're very looking forward to the weekend. Um, lots of music to enjoy, lots of good food to enjoy, uh, lots of alcohol and all the other things you can enjoy at Glastonbury. And we're taking our, uh, our microphones with us, aren't we? Yes, because we're going to, I don't know what, but we're going to do a bit, aren't we, whilst we're, whilst we're there? Yeah. If we get a second, third and fourth wind, we might just um, share some of our thoughts and feelings on some of the highlights of the weekend. So do look out next week for us. We know you love them. It's a special edition track by track. Oh, lovely. Mm. Lovely stuff. Dan, who's coming up? Uh, can you give us a hint of a tease for our next episode proper? So the next episode proper is a, a band, although it's one of those where people assume the, the front uh, person, person. Uh, is actually the band in a sort of a, a blondie sort of fashion. Um, it's a band. It's the... 10th anniversary of their debut album and I must have seen these at Glastonbury four times so they've played there a hell of a lot um, do you know what I'm just going to leave it there you probably got no clue but good because that's a reason to tune in next week um, so if you like what you've heard today uh, do give us a, uh, a rating a comment on Apple Podcasts do share your thoughts on Twitter at Moves Trust UK and hashtag track by track and if you can guess what we're talking about or who we're talking about next week let us know on there as well we won't let you know if you're right or wrong just yet oh and also tell us about your favourite game show of all time please do any blockbusters fans out there any naked jungle fans uh, (laughs) we'd love to hear about it and if you fancy another podcast if perhaps we are accompanying your journey to Glastonbury and you want something else don't forget Torn Stubbs the Trash Movie Podcast is also available It'd be a lovely way to warm up for your Glastonbury weekend. Yes. Listening to Torn Stubbs. So until next time, I've been Alex Trimble. And I've been Kevin Bard. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.